Has radon ever caused a problem with one of your sales? Would you like to learn how to properly test and mitigate for radon? Virginia Department of Health now offers one and two hour CE credit radon courses taught anywhere in Virginia. To schedule a class, please call Ryan Paris at 800 468 0138. Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to Caveat Realtor with Virginia Realtors, where we discuss the real issues that realtors face. I'm Jessica Toon. I'm John Haley. Remember, Caveat Realtor is meant to provide general legal information. Nothing we discuss should be considered as legal representation or legal advice. We also like to thank our sponsor today, Virginia Housing Development Authority. Hey, Jessica. Hey, John. How are you doing today? Doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So I think it's fair to say that we are both children of the internet age, right? Yeah, I think that that's right. Definitely of the computer generation. Right. And so obviously the MLS, as we currently see it, is all based on the interwebs. Yeah, definitely since I've been buying a house, selling a house, both of which I've done in the last 10 years, um, all of that has been on the internet. Right. Evidently, before the internet was so prevalent, the MLS basically consisted of a book. And I don't know this to be true, but in my head, I believe it's like a giant leather-bound book like that has spells and stuff in it. That that's would how, be. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I agree. And if that's not true, please don't tell me that because that's the image I want to keep in my head, if at all possible. Just like so. bedtime stories of properties. Exactly, with, yeah. With lovely features. Like Hansel and Grail, you know. But with you know, a nice tutor, yeah. But with uh, lots of amenities, right? So. so we know that you guys work uh, with your MLS and that it's now digitized and on the internet. But today we're going to actually talk about going outside your boundaries with regards to your MLS. And while we know that most of you usually work deals within your MLS, there are times when you might want to go outside of it, and you want to know, and we want you to know how to do that appropriately and with low risk. So first of all, let's be explicit that you are able to list or sell real estate in any jurisdiction where you hold a real estate license, even if you're not a member of the local MLS. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about compensation. Yep. If your buyer wants to purchase a house listed on an MLS that you are not a participant of, the compensation offered in the MLS does not apply to you. It is only considered agreed upon compensation if both agents are participants in the MLS where the property has been listed. So you'll have to negotiate the compensation in these deals. And to make sure you're paid what you want or what you think is fair, you should do that up front. In in fact, Standard of Practice 3-1 states that terms of compensation, if any, shall be ascertained by cooperating brokers before beginning efforts to accept the offer of cooperation. And, importantly, get it in writing. Some people refer to it as a written cooperation agreement, but it can really be anything in writing so long as it covers how much compensation or commission and when it would be due. So usually that would be upon settlement or closing. And what you can't do as a realtor is condition the submission of an offer on agreeing to the commission because that's a violation of Article 16 of the Code of Ethics, Standard of Practice 16-16, which states realtors acting as sub-agents or buyer-tenant representatives or brokers shall not make the submission of an executed offer to purchase lease contingent on the listing broker's agreement to modify the offer of compensation. So you want to have a separate written agreement covering you know, the commission split or any other kind of commission. That's right. So next we're going to talk about forms. And this can come up even if you're not the one working outside your MLS. For example, if you usually use Virginia Realtors forms, but the other agent brings an offer on an NVAR form, what to do? 
Well, first thing is that you must present all offers, even if one's on a form you're not familiar with. So if you're you know, in CVR MLS, but you get an offer on an MVAR form, you still have to present that offer to your client. That's right. Otherwise, there are no laws or ethics rules about using certain forms or being able to counter with a certain form. So you can counter back with a different form, provided it's allowed in your broker's policies. However, it's worth knowing a few things with regards to ethics and professionalism. Right. So NAR's Pathways to Professionalism lists 12 things to keep in mind when respecting your peers or other agents. One of them is to, quote, show courtesy, trust, and respect to other real estate professionals, end quote. And they also note that mutual respect is essential and your reputation is your business, which you guys know. So countering with a different form without first trying to iron out differences or discuss concerns, like, for example, if your broker prohibits using a certain form, if you do that without first trying to iron out the differences, it may be seen by the other agent as not showing a certain amount of courtesy, which could in turn affect your reputation. And if you frequently work with agents outside of the MLS, that could become a business liability for you. So, if you find yourself working in areas that use a different standard form, or you want to get into business in such an area, it's worth your while to review both forms and note where there are differences that could affect both you and your client. And sometimes those differences can be significant. But this way you are prepared to address those concerns early on in the process, and hopefully you can eliminate the desire to counter using the form you're most familiar with. If you can, or you can more quickly negotiate a change to a certain term in a form that doesn't work well for your client. So, for example, if your client wants an on or about timing clause rather than time is of the essence. And this also shows your competence with working outside your normal MLS, which is the next thing we want to touch on. So the regs state that all licensees shall be competent to transact the business of a real estate broker or real estate salesperson in such a manner as to safeguard the interests of the public. And Article 11 of the Code of Ethics talks generally about being competent in your practice of real estate. And then Standard of Practice 11-1 more specifically covers this, stating that when realtors prepare opinions of real property value or price, they must be familiar with the area where the subject property is located. If you don't ha- feel like you have a good handle on this, ask your broker for help. And all this is to say that if you're going to work outside your MLS, you need to be confident in your competence, which is confusing to say three times fast. But it's also kind of what we talk about in every aspect. You need to be confident and you need to be competent. That's right. So what's another option if you want to get in on a listing that's outside your MLS? Can you list a property outside your MLS? Well, licensees may sell properties anywhere in the Commonwealth, which we noted at the, at the beginning. So you may always list a property outside your MLS, but you personally may not be able to get the property listed on another MLS where you are not a participant. So could you work with a licensee who's a member of another MLS through a co-listing or referral? Well, that depends on the MLS rules. In other words, does the MLS allow a property to be listed on the MLS if the listing agreement is not with a participant of the MLS? Now, some MLSs do allow this and some don't. And some don't allow non-participants to receive compensation for a participant allowing them access. So it's important to read and understand all the MLS rules before you make any decisions there. The least risky option is to do a referral to an agent who is a participant, participant in the MLS where the property is located and negotiate part of the commission. Referral agreements are between the two agents, and you can agree to whatever legal terms and splits you want to as a business decision. VHDA works with realtors all over Virginia to offer down payment grants and loans for first-time homebuyers. Find the right solution for your client and locate a VHDA-approved lender near you. Just visit VHDA.com. Take it to the legal hotline. Jessica, question. Yes, Yes, John. 
I'm ready. Really? I'm ready for the question. Are you? Yes. You sound very confident. I'm confident com- in my competence. Mm, there it is. That's a call <laughs> back there. A realtor in another MLS brought me an offer on a house where I am the listing agent. I had given her permission to show the property. That offer led to a contract. However, she had not asked about commission until after the contract was ratified. Now we have a dispute about whether the commission is calculated based on the sale price or the sale price plus closing costs. The seller specifically dictated in the listing contract that the commission would be based on sales price, and this is common practice in our MLS. How can we resolve this? Oh, boy, John. Well, she is out of luck in more than one way. If an agent outside the MLS brings an offer that is agreed to without getting a compensation agreement in advance, that agent is not guaranteed any part of the commission. She should have negotiated a written cooperation agreement up front before the agent began cooperation. That would be showing the property. She definitely has no leg to stand on in trying to get more of the commission than you were even offering in the MLS. But let's think of your reputation when resolving this. In other words, while you legally might be able to offer no split here, that may not be in your best interest long term. But you are likely on firm ground to stick to the original commission offering. All right, John. One of my agents wants to join another MLS to expand his geographical range. As the principal broker, do I have to join the MLS too? Uh, Likely, yes. Most MLSs have rules regarding broker supervision over agents who belong to the MLS. However, NAR's MLS handbook changes for the 2019 dictate that MLSs must provide such a principal broker the option of a no-cost waiver or the broker demonstrates subscription to a different MLS and signs a certificate of non-use. In other words, you would be a participant of the new MLS for supervision purposes only, and you would not have to pay a fee. However, this will provide you as the broker with limited access, and you would not be able to use the MLS without becoming a subscriber. That makes sense. All right, Jessica, I have a client who wants to list a property in an area not covered by my MLS. I'm going to refer them to another agent. If I'm receiving a referral payment, does it need to be disclosed in the contract and or acknowledged by anyone? Well, it doesn't need to be written into the contract, but it does need to be disclosed to all parties and consented to by the client. And that's because Article 7 of the Code of Ethics states that, In a transaction, realtors shall not accept compensation from more than one party, even if permitted by law, without disclosure to all parties and the informed consent of the realtor's client or clients. All right, so now, John, let's talk about limiting your risk. First, you want to work out your commission up front, like we said, if you're doing a deal outside the MLS. Be professional and respectful, even if you disagree with the offer laid out in the MLS, or it's not how deals in your MLS are usually structured. Read and understand the MLS rules wherever you want to join or work with other agents who are participants. Understand your broker's policy, if they have one, on using certain forms. If you are in a situation where you and the other agent use different forms, talk to your broker about how to handle it appropriately. Make sure you're competent in working outside your MLS if you choose to do so. That includes being competent in what the comps are in the new MLS area you're looking at working in. And finally, if you're not competent, you must tell your client or potential client, and it would probably be best to refer them to another licensee who is. If you find yourself doing that with one MLS in particular, maybe think about joining the MLS. Thank you for joining us. Caveat Realtor is a weekly podcast with episodes released every Tuesday. Our podcast is available for streaming through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Subscribe to our podcast to get automatic updates when we have new episodes, and please rate us. Remember, members of Virginia Realtors have access to our legal hotline where we can provide you with legal information. 
can access the legal hotline on the Virginia Realtors website under the legal tab on the four members section. Make sure you're logged in to see this page. Thanks. Although the members of this podcast are attorneys, the legal information in this program is not a substitute for personalized legal advice from an attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction. The information provided by Virginia Realtors is general reference work as a public service and does not constitute solicitation or provision of legal advice. We provide this general legal information on an as-is basis to make no warranties and disclaim liability for damages resulting from its use. Legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and laws are constantly changing. The information provided in this program should not be used as a substitute for the advice of competent counsel. This has been a production of Virginia Realtors, copyright 2019. This podcast features the song Please Listen Carefully by Jazar, available under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.